Now, whenever a film's given so much of a big up as The Dark Knight Rises was, I, I lose all interest. I mean, it took me ages afterwards to see Avatar because I just got sick of all of the hoo-ha about it. So, so far I've said brouhaha in hoo-ha. And I'm glad I waited because Avatar was crap. Um, but I have liked, I do like Christopher Nolan's films immensely and I do like uh, the, the first two Batman films. Um, going over the plot's fairly superfluous, but basically it follows on from the end of The Dark Knight, where Batman's agreed to take full responsibility for the death of um, whatever his name was. <laughs> They've all got names like Commissioner Gordon or something. Um, to protect his image, his pristine image, so uh, he can. Batman takes the blame and goes into hiding and. And he's um, regarded as this outcast and the law after him for the murder of this, this highly prominent legal enforcer from the Dark Knight film. And eight years go by and then suddenly on scene comes Bane, who's this new villain. Uh, he occupies the villain role, although he's slightly different to the usual Batman villains. He's a lot more sort of ascetic character. Uh, he's a brute but he's also very intellectual and, and he's one of the only characters in the whole canon of the Batman thing that's, that's a time smarter and stronger than Batman is. As Batman finds out when he gets royally served one. But um, Christian Bale won't have anything to do with it at first as this uh, character sort of looms into the horizon in Gotham City with his nefarious plan to take over the whole city and it's got very very big anti-capitalist messages throughout the certainly the first half of the film and throughout the film in general where they're basically attacking wall street they attack the stock exchange they say that they're going to hang all the investment bankers and that came under fire in america from the usual sources like the apologists at fox news saying oh it's a liberal movie and so on um, but it's really a fascist movie it's not really a liberal one um, and why would that be a bad thing anyway? And so on. He um, so Batman's basically approached by the new Wonder Kid, who is the um, if they're going to continue making this series, as they did seem to me like they sounded like they may be uh, this year's Ryan Gosling, which is Joseph Gordon-Levitt, is the guy. He takes centre stage for much of the movie with Christian Bale not so. Front and centre this time. I'd certainly say Joseph Gordon-Levitt was as equal as a male star in proceedings, and he's been in. Um, he's a Christopher Nolan favourite. He was one of the main characters in Inception, and he's also recently had a massive film, unexpectedly so, with Looper, with um, Bruce Willis in. So he's really rolling in at the moment. The rest of the crew are all from the previous movies, but the women in it are the most interesting. Anne Hathaway looks amazing as Catwoman in this, and even more amazing looking Marion Cotillard, or Cotillard, I can't, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. She's already an Oscar winner, I think for the Edith Piaf movie, and she was in the love interest in Inception. She was the mercurial uh, wife, or dead wife, of um, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, and she's great in this as well. And this is where, um, if there was problems I had with The Dark Knight, it was, it was, it was one near brilliant movie and half a near brilliant movie squashed into it. It was just way too much. You could have taken any of those half hour end sequences, like ferry, what happens on the ferries, 
um, what happened um, prior to that as well could have easily been the end of, of, of the movie and it was just way over, I think, two hours by that stage. There was too much. And the other thing, it took too long as well in the first sort of half hour. It was way too slow to get going. But it was a brilliant film. Um, it was too long and it was too self-important and too sort of uh, self-serious as well which is why it was great when Heath Ledger was on the screen. It was a little bit... That's what made it, to me, hard to get through the running time. It had this sort of overbearing weight on its shoulders. But I still think it was an outstanding film. Um, I'll come to my terms of Inception, but that's another one that is way too long and doesn't need to be as long or as convoluted. It's almost like they had three or four brilliant endings to The Dark Knight and used all of them, which is always a silly thing to do. And it kind of watered it down by the end was almost an epilogue. This one I actually thought felt a lot lighter. I don't know why. Um, it seemed to skip along a little bit easier. It reminded me more of the first film in tone, the um, Batman Begins film. And surmising the plot, which I mean the basics are, is that Tom Hardy's character Bane uh, puts the whole of Gotham on notice uh, should they be blown up by an atomic bomb. Um, but the plot itself is amazingly intricate and there's heaps of storyline and it's an interesting story as well, particularly this whole notion of um, a prison but in some faraway place. It's just this hole in the ground that goes hundreds of metres down and where the, there's no guards or anything, they're just locked in there. And this is apparently the birthplace of Bane who was born into this prison and, and was the only person that's ever climbed out of it. And all this sort of mythologizing in it was very, very good. I liked it a lot. And I thought the characters in it were a little more emotional. I wasn't sold on this whole really big grand gesture of the romance of uh, The Dark Knight. Here the characters seem to have a lot more genuinely believable human interaction. They, uh, Michael Caine acts his socks off. He gets very upset in this. Uh, Gary Oldman's good as well. He's a broken man and a broken character as well. Christian Bale's a bit more subdued. Uh, Tom Hardy's very good, but I actually found myself unintentionally laughing the first few times I heard him speak because he's got this very, very sort of noticeable voice. And I said it's sort of like he was going to be on some children's TV show, but he's actually a very, very menacing character and a very interesting one. He's sort of from an almost from another universe to the to the other people Batman has faced. Cillian Murphy as well, he was, the, uh, he was the scarecrow in the first one and he makes an appearance. So all of them have done very well out of their lunch checks. The, one of the best things I can say is that I wasn't blown away by the visual aspect of the film. And I say that because I didn't overwhelmingly walk away thinking, wow, that was a really state-of-the-art film visually. I was actually quite into the story. So I'm sure the visuals were spectacular. It cost $300 million. So I'm sure there's plenty of absolutely striking special effects in the movie but that wasn't what I walked away remembering I actually thought the story was very very good the characters were good it was a little less portentous and heavy than I expected and um, I surprised myself I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did I'm going to give and I noticed the taxpayer if you look at the budget of uh, up to 300 million it says 230 million after tax credit so the populations of wherever it was filmed paid $70 million to make this film, which is now one of the seventh highest grossing of all time, uh, over a billion dollars in revenue. And I notice it's only the second highest grossing this year, so I'm not sure what that would be. Maybe the Avengers or something. Um, so anyway, I thought it was a very good film. Christopher Nolan needs 
a little this was probably the, out of inception and the dark night i thought this was the one that had the least amount of excess baggage and i didn't feel as tired when i got to the end even though it's the longest of the lot at three hours pretty much um but i, I liked it so i'm going to give it an 8.5 eight and a half out of 10 for the dark night rises um very very good you're with julian and this is 